God. Thank you, PJ. Before we get into the sermon, would you join me in a word of prayer? Oh, God, we thank you for this time and space when we can turn our hearts and our minds towards you, Lord. We pray that you would come now with your Holy Spirit and open us up. God, help us to hear the words of love and comfort that you have for us always. But God, we also ask you to open us up to the ways that you're pushing us, that you're calling us to, to take a new step, to grow, to change, so that we can be the people that you have created us to be. God, we pray all of this in the name of your Son, who is the living word. Amen. Uh, well, I'm excited about this. Uh, we're starting a new sermon series today, and it's called Influencers. Influencers, and uh, exactly like it sounds, we're going to be talking about our God-given ability to influence the people around us in our lives and how God calls us to, to make a difference and make an impact in the lives of people around us. But today, as we begin, I actually want to start in a slightly different place. And instead of thinking about our influence on others, I want to get us thinking about other people, the people around us and their influence on us. Because as we're going to see in a few minutes, this has huge, huge implications for our faith and our growth in our faith. Now, uh, we're Americans, right? And so uh, we like to think of ourselves as being self-made. We tend to be independent-minded. We're individualistic. And so a lot of times we, we kind of forget that the people around us have extraordinary influence on us. They're influencing us in different ways all the time. I'll give you a couple of kind of silly examples from my life, and you can be thinking about ways that you've been influenced in your life. Uh, let's talk about sushi for just a second. Um, raise your hand if you like sushi. No judgment or shame. Okay, good, good, hands down. Um, growing up, I never had sushi. No one in my family ever ate sushi. As far as I know, none of my friends ate sushi. All I knew about sushi was that it was raw fish. That's how I thought of it. And to me, that sounded pretty gross and honestly a little unsafe, to be, to be honest. Well, fast forward to my college years, and I started dating Kirsten, who, who's now my wife, so I can talk about this in, in sermons now. Um, and uh, Kirsten liked sushi, and she, as we spent more time together, we're dating. She, she told me that she, she likes sushi. And then we went out a couple of times. And sometimes she would order sushi. And I would see her eating it. And I, I resisted for a while. But eventually, she, she wore me down and she convinced me to try it. And, of course, I loved it because sushi is objectively delicious. It's, it's wonderful. See, so we, we spent time together and she, she influenced me, right? The same thing happened with guacamole. I had never had guacamole growing up. And you have to admit, guacamole looks kind of nasty. It just does. But she convinced me to try it, and of course, that is also delicious. I'll even pay extra sometimes for, for guacamole now. Um, another example that I was thinking about this week was um, when I was in seminary, I did this year-long internship one year, and um, I got kind of paired up with this fellow student who was also doing this internship, and I didn't know this guy before this, but suddenly we were spending a lot of time together every week, and it just so happened that this guy was super into long-distance running, and he was very passionate about it, and he was always talking about the health benefits of running and the, the feeling of the runner's high that he would get when he was out there doing his thing. And, and before I knew it, I had gone out and bought myself a new pair of running shoes, and I found myself training for a half marathon. 
And I actually did complete the half marathon, but um, his influence kind of wore off because I hated every second of it. The, the only high I ever got was when I stopped running, so I'll never do that ever again. But the point is, while we were spending all that time together, he, he influenced me. I'm sure you could think of similar examples in your own life. Um, what's interesting is that the, the researchers tell us that the people around us in our lives are actually influencing us all the time, often in ways that we don't even recognize ourselves. Like one, um, one example of this, there, there's this phenomenon in psychology called mirroring. Some of you know about this. It, it basically, it's this thing that we human beings do that when we're interacting with another person, we'll unconsciously start to imitate that person that we're interacting with. And, and this shows up in our body language, for example. Like if we're talking to somebody and they put their hands in their pockets without thinking about it, a lot of times we'll just put our hands in our pockets. Or if we talk to somebody and they cross their arms, uh, we, we might kind of cross our arms without even thinking about it. Once you know to look for this, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, we're going to have this, this uh, cookie and coffee gathering after worship, and I hope you'll stick around for that. And you can kind of look around at all the people talking to each other and see that they're doing the exact same thing with their hands. They don't even, they don't even think about it. Uh, this also shows up in the way that we talk. Have you ever had the experience where you're talking to somebody from a different part of the country or a different culture, and you kind of catch yourself starting to talk like that person? Uh, I grew up mostly in this area throughout my childhood, but I got a lot of extended family down in the deep south, like Georgia, Alabama, and we would go visit on holidays. And after a few days there, a lot of times I would find myself picking up this deep south accent. Like, where does that come from? It's just, you know, or, or you go, you spend some time in Boston, and before you know it, you're packing the car and wicked smart and all this. Sorry if you're from Boston. I just, that might have been a cheap shot. But you see my point. You see my point. All the time we're influencing each other in all kinds of, of different ways and people around us are influencing us. Now, that's kind of interesting, but like, why does that matter? Why is this important to pay attention to? Well, it means that the people we surround ourselves with, they have this powerful ability to influence us in the right direction in life. Uh, they also have the power to influence us in the wrong direction, that the people around us have this powerful ability to, to help us get where we're trying to go, to achieve our goals in life, or they also have a powerful ability to prevent us from achieving our goals in life. Like one illustration of this is uh, think about our, our fitness goals. You know, this seems timely for this time of year. It's a, a new year, new you, right? I'm, I'm sure some of us have made goals here lately to be more active or eat healthier or lose some of that holiday weight that we may have, have gained. I always think it's kind of funny um, how Planet Fitness is such an aggressive sponsor of the New Year's in Times Square celebration, you know? Like how do they get all those thousands of people to wear the fuzzy Planet Fitness hat. I don't know, but they know. This is, this is their time of year. we got to sign that contract now. Anyways, I digress. Um, but the point is the, the, the fitness experts tell us that when it comes to achieving our, our goals of weight loss or getting in better shape or whatever it is, uh, one of the biggest factors in terms of our ability to hit those goals is not just our willpower and our drive and our sense of determination. I mean, we, we need some of that. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to stick to this diet. But actually, one of the biggest factors is the people around us in our lives. Uh, why is that? Well, if you have a friend who is going to go to the gym with you, 
Or if you join an exercise class where you have people around you who are also working on their fitness, if you have a friend or a partner who's going to do this new diet with you, in all those cases, you're going to be way more likely to reach your fitness goals. Why? Because you have people around you who are influencing you, sometimes in ways you know about, a lot of times in ways you don't know about. They're influencing you in the right direction. This also works the opposite way, though, right? Like if you're the only person in your life who's working on your fitness... Or if you have a group of friends and they're always trying to convince you to skip the gym so that you can come hang out instead. Or if you have a partner who continues to bring home half gallons of ice cream from the grocery store. When your partner specifically asks you not to do that, this may or may not have happened in our house recently. Then you're going to be that much more less likely to to achieve your fitness goals, right? Because you've got people influencing you in the the wrong direction. And, of course, that's not just true for fitness things. That's true for just about every area of our lives. The people around us are always influencing us, and they have a powerful uh, ability to influence in the right way or influence us in the wrong way. Now, at this point, you may be wondering, is this a sermon or is this some kind of like New Year's self-help pep talk? Like, what's going on here? Uh, it, is, it might be both, actually, but it is a sermon. It is a sermon, and here's why. All of this has huge, huge implications for our faith, and I'll tell you what I mean. Um, I'm guessing that if you're the kind of person that would come out to church on this beautiful Sunday morning, you're the kind of person that has a goal of growing in your faith, right? Or you might not put it in terms of a goal, but you have a desire to grow in your faith. You want to know God more. You want to trust God more. You want to be closer to God. Why? Because we trust and we believe that as we grow in our faith, we're going to have more love in our hearts. We're going to have more hope, more peace in our hearts. We, we want to grow in our faith. Well, what I want to remind you this morning is that if we want to grow in our faith, it's vitally important that we surround ourselves with people who can help us to do that, who can influence us in the right direction. And as it turns out, this is not just some sort of secular life hack or or modern psychology. This is very biblical as well. This is a theme that runs throughout Scripture. And so there's a lot of different passages that we could have explored this morning, but I want us to focus in for a minute on this short passage that PJ read to us from Hebrews, because I think this, this sums it up really nicely. Now, just for a bit of context, uh, Hebrews, some of you may know this, Hebrews is a a book of the Bible, and it's in the New Testament. So we're in the post-Jesus era here, and um, we call Hebrews a a book of the Bible, but really it's kind of more like this long, extended sermon. And scholars aren't exactly sure who originally wrote this sermon. There's some different theories out there. One theory is that it was written by a woman named Priscilla that she was a ministry companion of the Apostle Paul, kind of an interesting theory. Nobody really knows, but what we do know is that this sermon was written in the first century, and it was written for people not so different from us. They were people who were trying and and wanting to grow in their faith. And so in this part of Hebrews, the author, the preacher, is is trying to help us figure out how we can how we can do that. So let's, with that context in mind, let's listen again to the, the very first verse in this passage. I'm going to try to uh, pull it up here on the screen so I can show you. Um, so Hebrews 12.1 says this. It says, so then, with endurance, let's also run the race. Let's run the race that is laid out in front of us. What race 
is it talking about? Uh, this is not like a, a literal race, thank goodness, because as I told you before, I don't like to run. Um, but but this, is, this is a metaphor. This is talking about our faith journey, that our, our growth in faith. We're talking about spiritual fitness, not, not physical fitness here. And then it goes on, and, and I love this phrase. It says, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let, let's unpack that for just a second. What is it talking about? Uh, a, a witness, you know, in, in our context today, we tend to think of witnesses like, you know, we think of a courtroom and somebody up sort of testifying. Uh, but, but in this context, witness basically just means a, a, a person of faith, another person of faith who is also on this journey of following Jesus, who is also trying to grow in their faith. And then what's a, a cloud here? It's not talking about a literal cloud. It's, it's just a metaphor. It's a metaphor for being completely surrounded because that's what, that's what clouds do. Uh, you know, Kirsten and I were taking a trip recently and we were on a plane and we were getting ready to take off and it was a cloudy, rainy day. And the plane took off and we started gaining uh, altitude, elevation, and we got up to the point where we were right at the, the same level as these big clouds. Well, what happened when the plane got to the cloud? Did it bounce off the cloud? No. Uh, did the plane push the cloud out of the way? No. The plane went through the cloud, right? And while the plane was inside the cloud, the cloud was completely surrounding the plane in every little nook and cranny of the plane. That's what, what clouds do. And so that's what Hebrews is, is uh, trying to get us to think about here. It's telling us, hey, if you want to grow in your faith... It's really important that you have people surrounding you like a cloud who are influencing you in the right direction and, and helping you to do that. You see? And this is actually something, once we see it, that we, uh, we can recognize. Jesus uh, embodied this. He modeled this for us. Have you ever thought about this? Why did Jesus call more than one disciple? I mean, theoretically, Jesus could have just called one guy or, or one gal and like really poured into them and apprenticed them. But instead, Jesus, Jesus calls multiple disciples. And why does Jesus make all these different disciples hang out together so much? I mean, they're from all different walks of life. Like in some cases, they didn't have a ton in common. Jesus makes them hang out together. Why did Jesus invent this community called the church? Well, it's because Jesus knows about us human beings that we are very influenceable. We are easily influenced, and that can be a negative thing, but it can also be a really positive thing. Jesus wants us to be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who can influence us and help us to grow and make progress in our own faith journey. Uh, my, my, my guess would be that... Um, if you've been following Jesus for, for any length of time, you probably know this from your own experience, if you think back. Like, um, think about a time in your life when you felt like you were really growing in your faith. Uh, think about a time in your life when you feel like you, you had a deep trust in God, uh, that, that you were learning more and more about God, you felt a connection with God. If you can think about a time like that, uh, my, my guess would be that some of us would say, yeah, uh, that was a time in my life when I was really active in my church community, that I was coming to worship on a regular basis, and that was a big part of my life. Or we might say, yeah, that, I remember feeling that way, and it was a time when I was in a, a great Bible study or a small group that, that I was a part of. 
Or you might say, you know, it was when I was younger, I was in uh, my church's youth group and I was very active, or a campus ministry in college, or I went on this mission trip that was very transformational. Um, In all of these cases, part of the dynamic there is we were in a community. We were surrounded by this, this great cloud of witnesses. Whether we realized it or not, we had people in our life who were, who were influencing us in the right direction. And so my, my question for you, just to kind of make this practical here, my question for you is, you know, here we are at the beginning of, of 2024, and who is this great cloud of witnesses for you in your life right now? Uh, Who are those people around you right now that are influencing you, helping you to grow in your faith? And as I pose that question, there may be some of you that you can start naming names of of these people in your your cloud, so to speak. If that's your situation, that's awesome. Keep investing in those relationships. But you may be sitting there thinking to yourself like, wow, um, I don't know that I have a a cloud of witnesses. Maybe maybe not a great cloud uh, of witnesses. Um, and if that's where you're at, no shame about it. I mean, it, it happens sometimes. But, but I want you to know that this is the whole reason that Kindred Church exists. Like the, the whole purpose of our church is we want to be this great cloud of witnesses for you. We want to surround you and support you and help you grow in your faith. And honestly, part of it is selfish because we want your help too. We want you to help us to grow in our faith so that we can influence each other in a, in a positive way. And so my encouragement for you, if you're not already involved with us at Kindred Church, um, this is the perfect time to, to take a new step, get involved. If you've been coming to Kindred for a while and, and you're kind of not fully involved, you're sort of holding us at arm's length, this new year is a great time to take a new step and get involved. Well, what does that look like? It's going to look different for each of us. We're all in different places in our journey. We're uh, in different places in our relationship to church. But just a, a few suggestions. If you're not already in the habit of coming to worship on a regular basis, that's a great place to start. Why? Because when you come to worship consistently, you're going to start to see some familiar faces here. And over time, those familiar faces are going to start to become acquaintances And then those acquaintances are going to start to become friends. And before you know it, you're going to have this great cloud of witnesses surrounding you, right? Or um, maybe you've been coming to worship for a while, but you're not yet on a volunteer team for us on Sunday mornings. Maybe now's a a good time to jump onto a volunteer team. You can reach out to me, reach out to Candice. We'll be happy to tell you more about that ministry and how you might fit in. But if you join a volunteer team, what's going to happen? Well, we're, we're going to put you on this team of people that you're going to be working together with on a regular basis. And as you work together with those folks, uh, you're, you're going to become friends. You're going to start to care about them. They're going to start to care about you. You're going to have this great cloud of witnesses surrounding you all of a sudden, right? Or similarly, uh, if you're not in a small group with us, now's a great time to jump into a small group. We've got two new groups that are getting ready to start next week. There's information in your bulletin today about how to sign up for a group. Um, if you join a small group, what's going to happen? Well, on day one, you're going to immediately have this group of people in your life that you can pray with, that you can read scripture with and get to know God better in that way. You're going to have this group of people that you can have discussions with about life and about where is God showing up in your life. You'll have this great cloud of witnesses. And so to, just to, to recap here, if you want to grow in your faith this year, make sure that, that you've got people in your life who are helping you to do that. And if you have that cloud 
you are going to grow in your faith. And that means you are going to have more love in your heart, more peace in your heart, more hope in your heart. So figure out what this means for you and and make a plan. I encourage you and, and surround yourself. Surround yourself with a great cloud of witnesses. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious God, uh, we, we thank you for this reminder today, Lord, because um, in the hustle and bustle of our lives, we, we tend to forget just how influenceable we are, God, and we are modern Americans, and, and we think that in so many ways we're charting our own path, but uh, what we know is, is that the, the people around us um, ha- have an incredible uh, influence on the direction that we're going. And so, God, we pray that you would help us to surround ourselves with folks who can get us to where you want us to go in life, Lord. Um, for, for those of us who need to take a new step in this season, we pray that you would clarify for us what that step is. And, God, give us the, the wisdom and give us the courage to take that new step. Lord, we, we thank you for the gift of church that we're not in this alone as we seek to follow you, God, but we have these companions that you've called us together with who are traveling in the same direction, who are sharing the journey with us, Lord. Uh, help us to lean on one another so that we can help each other to grow in all the ways that you're calling us to grow. And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus.